Welcome to Innovo Radio, your place to gather insight and wisdom for creating healthy organizations. Discover how to uncover defects in your organization and find ways to be a powerful force of change for your organization. Here's your host, David Phillips. Hello, this is David Phillips, and uh, we're talking. Um, welcome to Innovo Radio. Uh, we're talking today about um, agility. This is part of our Leadership 4.0 series, and um, so we're, this is the second in that series. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people um, kind of behind the scenes know about, but um, your average person doesn't have a lot of uh, background on, and that's uh, a methodology called Agile. Um, industry 4.0 that we talked about last week is all about agility. Leadership 4.0 will require that same mindset. And I've really come to the conclusion that Industry 4.0 is a reflection of the agile methodology uh, or model of software development. Um, I can't prove it, but... So much of um, the Industry 4.0 is built on um, an agile methodology from in, in the software development process that my gut tells me it really permeates the organizations that it um, that that are really building that uh, the Industry 4.0 pro, uh, pieces. Um, and so, in addition to that, just over and over again in the literature of Industry 4.0, the term Agile pops up. Um, and so, we're going to talk about that today. As a side note, um, I also think it's uh, uh, there's, there's pieces and reflections of chaos theory and complex adaptive systems within uh, Leadership 4.0, uh, Industry 4.0. Um, but that'll be another set of um, podcasts. So let's begin our look at Leadership 4.0 with a, another primer. Um, and it's a primer on the methodology, the software development methodology called Agile. In the, uh, in the 1990s, software development was at a crossroads. Um, it's sometimes referred to as the application development crisis or the application delivery lag. Really, the industry realized it couldn't move fast enough to meet the customer demands and the requirements. Uh, the estimated time between a business need and the actual application being launched was about three years, and that was just uh, that was that was a long time. Uh, traditional development models were based on a timeline approach where the development happened sequentially and the, the final product it wasn't revealed to the customer until the very end. And so there was no flexibility when it came to progress reviews or changes or even user interface um, updates or changes. It was all uh, essentially at the... Uh, at the mercy of the developer and what he wanted, and uh, so they de- or developers, and so they produced the product and showed it to the customer and said, "This is what it is." Um, so by the time the ap- actual application was finished, it was 
it was likely that the requirements and the systems of the project's original goals and objectives had changed. And so there was a lot of money and effort wasted, and even some of the projects were canceled halfway through the process. Uh, and so some of the professional leaders in the, in the software development community came together and said, you know, it's time for a new approach. And so in 2001, in a ski lodge in Utah, 17 people gathered to see what they could come up with. Um, some of them had already started uh, entertaining a new idea of software development, a new software development methodology. But all of them wanted to develop a process that reflected and even legitimate, legitimate can't speak this today, legitimatized what was being practiced. And so from that meeting uh, came what's was was referred to as the Agile Manifesto. And the, so the manifesto, you can see it by going to uh, agilemanifesto.org. It's a declaration of the values and principles expressed in, in Agile methodology. It's got four values and 12 key principles, and it aims to help uncover better ways of developing software by providing a a clear and measurable structure that promotes um, what they call iterative, iterative development, which you develop a piece and then you 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 do a, 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 a show it to the customer. You you, you kind of look at it. Are there any changes that need to be made? Then you do another version of that. So it's you, that's what you run into version 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, those kinds of things. So it's you 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 produce it, you, you ship it, and then you go back and you tweak it and change it based on any bugs, issues, user interface issues, changes that the customer would like to have made, those kinds of things. So um, so it's based on that iterative uh, development. It, it also promotes team collaboration and um, change processes. And so one of the things that separates Agile from other approaches to software development is that the focus is on the people doing the work. It's not on the processes and it's not on the, uh, on the tools that they use, but it's really about uh, the people that they put together um, to do the work. And there's also a focus on how they work together. Uh, in an Agile methodology, solutions evolve through collaboration between what they call self-organizing cross-functional teams using the appropriate practices for their context. So these teams come together, they develop a, um, uh, a solution, uh, and, and that team is made up of people with, with different backgrounds, different experiences, even de uh, different skills, and they bring that solution together and then they work through it. Now, um, that doesn't mean that there aren't managers. There's still a place for a manager's role in an agile methodology, but it's, it's a little different. The manager's role in an agile framework is to make sure that the team members have and practice the right skill sets that are needed to complete the task. They, um, they also create the environment that allows a team to be successful. So they, they step back, they let their team figure out how they're going to create the solution, deliver the products, um, but they step in when teams try 
but are unable to resolve uh, issues when they need resources, when the environment is not conducive to the to the effective solution creation. So uh, let's say that you have, so a manager's role might be to be a go-between between sales and the, the actual development team. Uh, the manager may be a go-between between the customer and the actual development team. And they create this this wall of separation that essentially lets the the the, the development team be able to work without uh, certain interferences. Um, so uh, if, if you have a whole support team that works to with the customer, that should be the, the place that the customer goes um, while the development team is working on those issues. And it, uh, so, you know, one of the things, uh, for instance, my manager, and we're not an agile organization, um, we're, we're getting there, um, but we're not truly an agile organization. One of the things that, that my manager does is, is actually, um, she manages, um, the the stakeholders within our company so that we can effectively work with a customer and complete uh the 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 needs of the for the customer whatever is needed to to be done for the customer and so um she kind of keeps certain people off our back that's kind of the best way um that i can think to put it um, now those teams again, like I said, they're cross-functional, so they have different skill sets that, and, and that enhances the overall function of the team. They don't have to have specific roles uh, so much as that when you get the team together, you make sure they have all the right skill sets on the team. Now I said that it was made up of four foundational values and twelve practices, and I really want to spend some time um, looking at the values. Uh, in this episode. So the first value um, from the uh, Agile Manifesto is that individuals in, in interactions, that the value, first value, the value number one, individuals and in interactions over processes and tools. The most valuable resource in an Agile methodology is the people. And so because of that, the primary value of the framework is to value people more highly than processes or tools. People respond to business needs and people drive the development process. When the development is driven by processes or tools, the team is less likely and less responsive to changes and less likely to meet the needs of the customer. Um, and so so in an, in an agile framework, the people doing the work are what's valued. The, the processes are important, but they're not, they don't overshadow the people that doing the work. Um, the tools are important, but they don't overshadow and, and, um, and limit the, the team that's doing the work. The, the second value uh, of that uh, Agile methodology is that you, you want to produce working software over comprehensive documentation. Uh, now, that's, that's important. Primarily because the documentation can be the most time-consuming part of the process. Um, so historically, enormous amounts of time were spent on documenting the product for delivery for development, ultimate delivery. So in in my early development, software development years, uh, even when I worked for startups, 
where we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Documentation was primary. It took a long time. It was a minutia work, and I hated it. Still do. Don't mind telling you. It caused uh, long delays in the development process because you had to document every field in the database, and you had to document every how everything fit together, and you had to document every um, variable and every um, subroutine and every function and, and, and those kinds of things. All that was built out and played out, and you had to do all of that before you started coding. And so it took a long time. Now, Agile, the Agile methodology doesn't eliminate documentation, but it streamlines it in a form that gives the developer what is needed to do the work without getting bogged down in the minutia. Agile documents requirements, uh, requires, uh, excuse me, Agile documents, document requirements as user stories. And that's sufficient for a software developer to begin the task of building a new function based on the story that's being told by the customer, the use case. It may be another way to say that. And so you produce the working software and then you have uh, the development, you have the documentation that would go along with it. But the value, you value working software over this massive amount of documentation. The third value of an agile framework is customer collaboration over contract negotiation. So the the philosophy, the methodology dedicates a great deal of customer-centric product development practices over product-centric approaches. Contracts will always have their place in business, and the list of things you're offering the customer is no replacement for actually communicating with them about what their needs are and where their challenges are. The customer collaboration begins early in the development process, and it happens frequently throughout the entire process. And it, it, it there's a there's a there's a it creates a culture of collaboration with your customers, and it helps the product people that ensure that they're delivering the proper um, uh, the proper solution to the customer, one that's going to be effective uh, for them. And a lot of, uh, you know, in the past, you just developed a framework, you developed a product, and then you rolled it out to customers, and it may meet some of their needs and may not, may not meet some of their needs. And then you have to, to go through this whole process of, um, if you sell it to them, potentially this whole process of customizing it just for them. Instead of creating a product that is highly custom, customizable or one that's built specifically for the customer uh, based on their needs, um, their desires, and their and their culture. And so when you talk to customers often, and you build feedback into your development process from the customer, you reduce risk and eliminate guesswork. And in some cases, and in some places, you actually have the customer as part of the the team. The fourth value is responding to change over following a plan. So an important benefit of the methodology is that it encourages frequent reviewing and retooling of current plans based on new information that the team is continually gathering and analyzing. 
So think of it like this. So there's this constant feedback loop going on with the customer. And as that, as that loop happens, as you get more feedback from the customer, uh, as, as the product is being built, um, there is this, there's this new information. It, maybe it triggers something within the customer. Maybe it causes them to remember something that they've forgotten in the needs evaluation process. And so th- all of that can be built in. That the, the, the change can happen prior to the product shipping. The change happens as the product is being built. And so, so as the team is constantly gathering and analyzing the information that they're getting, um, then the change can happen uh, early on in, in part of the process. This is actually one of the reasons I believe it's, it's, it's a reflection of chaos theory because that's kind of a, a product or a characteristic of chaos theory. Um, for instance, the, the product roadmap, it's no longer a static document. But it's a strategy, and it's a dynamic strategy. Your your product managers in an agile environment have to learn to present their dynamic roadmaps to the stakeholders in a transparent manner that reflects the likelihood of change based on new learnings. In other words, in other words, you 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 have a roadmap, you have this direction in which you want to go, but based on what is the, what's coming across as the needs of the customer. Uh, what's coming across uh, in in the needs uh, in in the culture around you? Those roadmaps may have to go uh, basically get thrown out the window. Um, so so in the in the education world, there's this this whole move toward, uh, for instance, toward um, LTI and um, an integration from learning management systems into uh, provider content. So let's say you, you take a, a company like Pearson or McGraw-Hill or HMH, something like that. They've produced this, this curriculum, this content, and it's in a, in a digital form. And um, let's say you have a, a learning management system, Google Classroom, Schoology, Canvas, uh, or Moodle, just to name a few. And you want to be able to pull that content from your your provider, McGraw-Hill, for instance, into your learning management system and kind of effectively have everything happen right there. There is this move to that. And uh, the content providers uh, have the have the protocols to do it. Now they're being pushed to do it by the um, by the the school systems themselves. And so that the whatever whatever roadmap, product development roadmap that has been on the table um, has has that shift has happened um, and, and it's required to actually keep up with business and, and, and sales needs. Um, and so it the, the, the roadmap essentially goes out the window. Um, to meet the needs of the customer. And so the whole value is responding to change over following a plan. Um, and that way, teams don't get stuck in an outdated plan because they've committed to see it through. So there's just this huge value placed on adaptation and responding to change. Now, the principles, and, and I'm not going to go through those um, too deeply, um, just maybe a quick thought about what, you know, quick thought about them. But there are 12 principles. 
Um, the first one, customer satisfaction through early and continuous software delivery. And so the, there is this principle. This is the one of the founding aspects of methodology is customer satisfaction. Make sure the customer has what he needs and has or has what she needs and has it um, and and has it done right and and done and so have this customer interaction early and continuously through the delivery process. Uh, number two, the second principle: accommodate change requirements throughout the development process. So when a need arises, just accommodate it. Figure out how to make it work and and do it. The third principle is a frequent is frequent delivery of working software. That's why you do it in iterations. You build it and then you tweak 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 it. Until you come out with a whole new version, and then you tweak that, and you tweak that, and you tweak that. So, so, so you have frequent tweaks of working software. The fourth principle is collaboration between business stakeholders and developers throughout the project. In other words, there is constant contact. Um, no pun intended. Constant contact between business stakeholders. And developers, so between the the internally and externally, so with uh, stakeholders can mean anyone uh, that is impacted and affected. So you've got your customers, you've got your you know your your upper management, you've got sales, you've got uh, development teams. So everyone is is talking and in in uh, uh, working together throughout the project. Number five. Support, trust, and motivate the people involved. In other words, those people who are actually working on the, solving the issue, work, creating the solution, support them, trust that they're doing the right job, and empower them and motivate them uh, to get it done. Number six, enable face-to-face interactions. Um, and that is between customer and team between customer and manager between customer and developers between customer and and uh and in company so this is this is spending time with the customer spending time with the solutions team number seven working software is the primary measure of success i think that's pretty self-explanatory Number eight, agile processes to support a consistent development pace. So you put in you put in place. See, agile is a framework, and there there are certain um, uh, Kanban, Scrum, um, other different processes that are built on the the agile framework. And so you put in the processes to support a con- consistent development pace. So. Um, so it's not this stopping and starting and stopping and starting. There's this consistent development pace that that moves, and that that helps to to create um, uh, working software, um, different um, uh, frequent delivery of that software, and um, when you have that pace. Number nine, attention to technical detail and design enhances. Attention to technical detail and design enhances agility, and so it is. It is. It is um, detail oriented, 
not only with a customer, but with your development team. so from from the development process, there's detail. From the design, there's detail, uh, and you you pay attention to that detail, um, and it, and when that happens, then then software gets delivered. Number ten, simplicity. The the more simple the solution, the better for all people around. Number eleven, self organizing teams encourage great architectures, requirements, and designs, and so. So when you have this solution and, it, and it's a multi-purpose or multi-user, it's going to require multiple um, skill sets, multiple users to complete the the solution. Self allow, allow them to self-organize. In other words, you have you maybe you have a core team that starts on the process, but they bring in uh, people from different teams and that that affect the design, that affect the solution uh, in the process, and so. So in in effect, it is self organizing, um, and when that when you bring in that broad range of ideas and scope and thinking, then you get uh, great architecture, great design, uh, and re- great requirements fulfilled. Number twelve, regular reflections on how to become more effective. So in other words, you're always you're always looking at the process. You're always looking at the team. You're always looking at the culture and the environment because you want to be more effective. So there is this constant, um, uh, so once you finish, you go back and you do a retrospective. You go back and do a, you know, kind of a, a follow-up and what could we have done better? How could we have made this piece better? How could we have interacted with a customer better? So those are the, the principles, just constant reflection, constant uh, crit- critique of, of everything. And, um, and when you do that, you can become more effective. So you have the four values that we talked about. You have the 12 principles. Now, when you move this framework out of the software development industry and into industry as a whole, you begin to see that there's a need for a new type of leadership that supports the chaotic change that is in place and even more what's coming down the road, especially with artificial intelligence, those kinds of things. And so that requires a leadership that's highly relational, has a high degree of trust with the people they work with which in turn requires a, a high character team. It requires responsiveness responsiveness to change and that doesn't let the anxiety of change hamper their ability to respond. Some people can't handle change. Change is uh, tough for them those are not the kinds of people you need to have in leadership because the anxiety of change can hamper their ability to adapt and respond. It requires a leadership that's flexible and requires a leadership that allows for a bit of mystery. Now, our next post, we're going to go deeper into some of the characteristics of leadership 4.0. But I wanted to, to kind of also give this primer to because I really believe that industry 4.0 is a reflection of 
the agile methodology. And so if we can understand that, we can understand what the values of that methodology are. Maybe that will help us draw out uh, characteristics of leadership that's going to uh, enable, empower, and move forward uh, Industry 4.0. So that's what we'll do in the next episode. All right, thanks so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Anova Radio. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you want to uh, take some time, I'd really appreciate it if you could go over to iTunes and maybe give a, uh, a review if you like it. If you don't, don't do that. Uh, also, uh, you can sign up for our newsletter at wdavidphillips.com and you can find me on Facebook as well. Look forward to interacting with you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening in today. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode of Powerful Insight. For more up-to-date information and tips to help you on your quest for change, head over to the website at www.wdavidphillips.com and sign up for our newsletter.